Welcome to the Chantel Ray way, the inspirational way to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting. Remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, I'm so excited that my new book, Waste Away, The Chantel Rayway, is now available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and pretty much anywhere you can find books. But we also have the audiobook, the ebook, and my new recipe book that you can download all the recipes that I love that I make, and it's super cheap. It's all my favorites. Anyway, if you have a minute to write a review on Amazon, I would be ever grateful. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 15, or it could be episode 16. I'm not exactly sure, but either way, we're so glad you're with us. And today, I'm always, as always, joined with Chris Sykes. Hello, hello. Um, And today, we have a guest with us. Her name is Jeannie Landis, uh, owner of Fit Lab. She's also a nutrition coach. So if you want to find out more about her, go into the show notes. Jeannie, thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Party. All right. Let's get right into it. Our first question, Chris. All right. It says, hi, Chantel and Chris. This is from Tina in San Diego. I'm really enjoying your podcast. Thank you. I've been on my IF journey for nine weeks now. I've lost eight pounds so far and for the most part feeling energized and excited to be on this journey. I'm experiencing some GI issues and I'm wondering if you have any advice on your uh, on that from your experience. I've been experiencing stomach cramping and gas. I typically have an upset stomach every morning when I wake up. As my day goes on, the pain goes away, then creeps back up in the early morning, sometimes waking me up from my sleep. It starts to subside once I start drinking water. I have a lot of gas, and I burp a lot while I'm drinking my water, and immediately seems to help ease the pain. Also, I've been having irregular bowel movements, and at times when it's time to open my eating window, I feel sick to my stomach and like I'm not hungry, but I force myself to eat, and the pain immediately subsides. Ooh, that was a long question. So um, thank you so much for your question. Um, I will say, for me, when I have gas or bloating, one of the things that's really big right now is activated charcoal. Have you ever had, Jeannie, that's the activated charcoal? I have. Charcoal? I've tried, yep, I've tried a, um, a juice with activated charcoal in it. If you go to any local juice bar right now, activated charcoal is kind of like the new thing that they have. Um, but activated charcoal can be used for all kinds of things, like that you can be used for teeth whitening and so forth. But it basically removes toxins from your body, and it really helps me as far as um, just getting rid of bloating. So that's that's a big one for me. The other one for me is... If I'm eating, I'm wondering how much she's eating in a portion size because there's something called food combining. Um, and I don't I don't suggest food combining in the sense like, oh, be obsessive about it so that you can lose weight, so forth and so forth. But food combining, basically what it is, is you, number one, you eat foods alone, fruits alone on an empty stomach. And then you eat proteins with non-starchy vegetables, and then you eat grains with starchy vegetables or non-starchy vegetables. So like, for example, if I eat like a grilled chicken salad or any kind of salad with protein on it, it just digests like that. Like it just quickly digests into my body. Chris, what would you suggest? Uh, For her... Uh, I mean, she might be some, something as simple as she might be dehydrated. She says uh, when she starts drinking her water, 
it seems to go away. Uh, obviously, you should go to the doctor if it's that bad. If you feel your issues are that bad, you should go to the doctor first, obviously. But if the doctor says he can't find anything, that's one thing. Uh, food uh, intolerances or tolerances could be a big thing. You know, food allergen tests can help take care of somebody. You'd be surprised what people have uh, tolerances to. It could be something as simple as spinach, chicken. You know, it's not just the gluten-free and nuts and things that you always think of, like dairy. I would try a couple of those things. Um, what else can I think of? Uh, what about you, Jeannie? What I also you get, say? yeah, I, re I get curious about, um, you know, what exactly you're eating and then how much of it. And it could be, too, that, you know, nine weeks into the program, you're still kind of adjusting to the new, the new diet. You know, your body's probably still adapting to the changes that you've made based on what you did before. Yeah. And, like, things I would say as far as with the activated charcoal – Activated charcoal actually binds gas-causing food byproducts within your digestive tract, and it's such a good natural treatment for indigestion, acid reflux, and bloating. There's actually studies that have been done that show that that activated charcoal does reduce symptoms, and you can actually get them in pill forms like... That activated charcoal at these juice places is really expensive, but you can actually just buy them in pills. I would try that. The one concern I have about activated charcoal, though, is that uh, I've heard that it gets rid of some of the nutrient because, like, it's killing kind of it's getting rid of toxins, but it also removes some of the nutrients in your body too. Yeah. So you want to be careful with that as well. All right, let's move on to the second question. Um, this next question comes from Allison in Oregon. So this is from two weeks ago. She asked, I'm wondering if you talk to your healthcare professionals about this way of eating. I tend to shy away from it just by the reaction of, from her friends. So then we asked her to send some more details explaining exactly what her friends was saying. And then, yes, yeah, so we remember we asked her in the thing. So then she said... Hey, hi, I heard your answer. I heard you answer my question. My friends have said you're ruining your metabolism and that they have to eat every two hours so that their blood sugar doesn't drop too low. I think people think it's also hard. Then it's because people have said that they can't do it the rest of their lives. Hmm. Well, I'm doing it the rest of my life, and I know tons of people. It's saying you're just used to eating. You, from the time you were born, you probably used to eating three meals a day or a snack or whatever. So it's just it's it's more of a mental thing than a physical uh, change that you're making. You know, you're just you're just so used to hearing. This, it's just like your food groups. You're used to hearing we got to drink milk. You got to do this since you were younger. Same thing with this. So it's, it's just a different way. You're still eating the same amount. You're still eating. You know, I mean, we have hundreds. Yeah. First of all, right now we have hundreds of people who are losing weight doing intermittent fasting right now. And and the joke of it is, look at me, right? So now, by the way, gang, I'm now at 40 pounds that I've lost so far doing intermittent fasting. So And, and so I used to eat three okay, times a day else, and well, I two think, snacks. Yeah, I think you're right, Chris. It's, it is all a mindset. And anything that you are not content with in your mind is not going to be yeah. sustainable and any change you make whether it's physical like any change you make in your life is is, is going to be some type of struggle too it's, it's no magic you know unless you're going to see dr miami just getting put to sleep and he's chopping <laughs> the fat off of you there is no everything's gonna have a little bit of a struggle to it you know i think this is the easiest stroke you can have out of every single diet i've heard about because it's literally just 
you're eating, trying to make good choices, but you're just shrinking the window down. Well, and I think not to get so attached to the label of it. I mean, there could yeah. be lots of different associations that people have when, when they hear about IF, and, and it's always going to be unique to the individual. So it's exactly. just a matter of tweaking, you know, a system or a method to, to make, make it, it for fit you. for you. Right, yeah. Exactly. Well, and I think that, you know, if we have this many people who have struggled and struggled and struggled with not losing weight, and they've done the three meals a day, two snacks, all this craziness, and you're telling me I've now lost 40 pounds, has it ruined my metabolism? Yeah. Uh, no, it hasn't. So I think the proof is in the pudding. There's just too many people who are just losing weight. And finally, the thing I love about well, fasting. Got a better idea, you know, send, send a better idea. <laughs> so anytime somebody knocks one idea, I always want to hear the, the okay, intermittent fasting is doing this. Well, send me what you do or send me the better idea so that we can uh, look at it. All right. This one is from Deborah from Hampton Roads. She says, I'm so thankful for this program. I have lost 16 pounds in the past three weeks. I can't believe it. And I can't thank you enough for introducing me to this. I have a question for Chris about tracking my calories. I received an Apple watch for Christmas and I'm having so much fun keeping track of my workouts and sharing them with my friends. I'm wondering if you think these tra calorie trackers like Fitbits and Apple watches and different apps are actually effective and do you think they're accurate Ooh. I think, I think go ahead Chris. A, as, as far as it being effective like if, if, if you mentally challenge yourself you know let's say you want to burn 600 calories and it encourage you to work harder in the gym or put a little more intensity into your workouts i think it's a great thing as far as how accurate they are you understand most of these you put your height weight uh into your age man woman and then it, it goes based on your heart rate so there's like a standard heart rate chart basically and there's a there's level like a fat burning zone for a certain age group and a, if you're male or female so that's basically how these things work so it's very very vague there's a lot of things that go into it you know if i weigh 180 pounds and the guy next to me weighs 180 pounds but i'm chiseled in shape and he's 180 pounds he can barely do two push-ups he's going to burn a lot more calories than i am just based on our different physical you know uh, my body's more efficient because i've been working out for years and you know, if he's just starting his workout journey he's going to burn a ton more calories than i am doing the same exact workout so as far as how accurate it is you know don't try to burn don't think you can eat 800 calorie cheesecake and then in your watch says you burned 800 calories and you broke even that day you know I, I wouldn't trust it for that but like i said as far as it being effective i think if it mentally helps you get more intensity in the workout i'm all for it well, and those tools and apps are designed to create better awareness. So if people are more aware of what they're doing, it's going to help to reinforce the habits they're trying to, to make. I know the clients, uh, they, they got, the, I guess, the Nike ones. If you, if you have the Apple Watch, there's a Nike app. So you can compare with your friends like, oh, I burned 400 calories because I hear them talking about it in the gym now. So it's like a little good challenge, you know, for them. Like I burnt 400 calories. You can see if your friend worked out, skip their workout. It's competition. Day. So I think it's good. Like I said, it's good for mental. But like I said, I just wouldn't put too much into the accuracy of it. Well, not only that, like, so I had a Fitbit and I have an Apple Watch and I tracked one time on, you know, like the, on the treadmill. Yeah. So I was like, okay, right. I've got my Fitbit, I've got my Apple Watch and I have, th they were all so far off. Wow. One was like, I burned 300 calories. One said I burned 500 calories. The amount of steps, even the steps between the Apple Watch and the Fitbit were completely off. They were like a thousand off. So to me, those things are good to kind of say like, I love doing it where you go, okay, I wanna do 10,000 steps, right? right? 
What I don't like is I don't like when people go, okay, great, I just burned 400 calories. Now I can go ahead and eat 400 calories. No justifications. Because that's actually off. If you you burned 400, what is it not taking in place? Right, your basal metabolic rate, what you have to consume just to stay alive and and maintain normal bodily functions. So one of the things that Jeannie has that is absolutely amazing, and I want to put a picture in the show notes, it is this system that literally tells you, so I just did it today, which I I love. And it told me, it told me that I, I think mine was like 1380, meaning if basically I did, I did absolutely nothing, right? I just, just to stay alive. Just breathe. Just breathing. (laughs) I'm just to stay alive. I'm burning 1380 calories per day, which I would love to do it for you. To see what yours is at. Do you know what yours yeah, he is? Yeah, needs to come down the street with yeah, me. Let's yeah, let's do it. Let's just do it and figure out what yours is. So what is yours? Do you I know, I think Jeannie? I'm at, I haven't done it for a couple months. I think the last time my BMR was at 16, it was between 1,600 and 1,700 calories. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to eat yeah. your cheesecake, my cheesecake. No. And so tell us about the machine. Tell us what it does and how it works for just a second. Sure. So the in-body, it's called in-body unit, and it is... Uh, and how much is it to buy? Oh, gosh. I think they range anywhere from $2,000 up to probably $10,000. Yeah. It just depends. Yes. On, yeah, yeah, it's not necessarily something you'd buy for your house. Uh-huh. Um, but we do have a unit at FitLab, and it's a, it's just a bioelectrical impedance test, but it, the accuracy is just top-notch. You mm-hmm. I mean, it's you can't get much more accurate than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it measures, you know, the, the thing that I like about it is it gives so many so many different metrics, that so it's more than just looking at a number on the scale for weight. Mm-hmm. It breaks down, it gives you a segmental analysis of total body water, fat mass, lean mass, um, it'll even do skeletal. So it's just a much clearer picture of what your body's made. So how much, if you were going to say like an ideal person, how much muscle, how much fat, how much water, what would you say those percentages should be? So it it totally depends on the person and their goals. That's going to vary quite a bit. Um, but like thinking about if you want to just look at, let's say total body water, you know, you consider that when we're born, we're 75 to maybe 78% water and that number drops to 65 within the first year. So an ideal range for the average woman, let's say she's 156 pounds, um, would be about 45 to 60% water. Um, and then a man, obviously average man ideal is going to be a little bit higher. It's going to be 50 to 65% water. Okay. Um, muscle tissue has more water than fat mass. So when people come so, in, have you ever seen somebody like, so you probably have people that come in on a monthly basis, right? And yeah, take it. Yes. So like, how many, have you seen a lot of people like maybe lost, maybe, maybe just lost a pound or gained a pound, but they're lean, they're, they're body fat and, they're, and, they're, and they're exactly. muscle mass was was like a big difference yeah not a huge difference in a month time but um but but yeah absolutely i think that's the biggest thing is you have a tool that allows you to see what your body's made of and track progress yeah pound by pound so when somebody starts seeing progress it's going to reinforce whatever habits have gotten them that progress whether that be good or bad based on their goals so it's information that's your report card (laughs) that's your report card yeah um Well, awesome. All right. Well, the one thing I just want to really stress is if you burn 400 calories, and let's say that thing was completely accurate, and then you went and ate 400 calories, 
you would not be in a flat even zone. You would actually be eating more because if you think about it, if you ate, if you burned 400 calories, it's not taking into consideration, you're not thinking about it, taking into consideration your basal metabolic rate. Right? <laughs> I was trying to make it complicated and make it with math. But basically the bottom line is that there's two things. None of those are absolutely accurate. Use it as a baseline. But if it's telling you you burn 900 calories in an hour, like my friend just showed me, she was like, look, I did the hardest workout, da, da, da. I'm sorry, but I have a really hard time believing she burned 900 calories. I've, in I've done like you've done the orange theory. Well, you have tried yeah, the orange, orange theory. theory so I yes. went to the orange theory because I almost worked there, and you had to go through the process. So I did a couple of day workouts, and I was I ain't gonna say I was I'm on half half in it, but I wasn't like going all out. And it was like yeah. I'm burning like 950,000 yes. calories. Oh my god, hour. those and are I, totally I off. <laughs> I know I worked harder in an hour, like playing football or something like that. Yeah, you know, if I was really burning that many calories, like, I know. Just where I was physically at the end of that workout, and physically where I was at some other workout. Like there's no way I'm burning. Yes, a no, calories. they're just so off. I I'm telling you, if it, if it was that easy. All right, here we go. This is a little embarrassing to admit, but my husband mentioned the other day that I have been more emotional lately. Not in a mean way, but I cry a lot more. Happy tears, sad tears, stress tears, etc. I was thinking about this and realized I've only been an extra. I've only been extra emotional when I'm in this fasted state. Is this normal, and have you guys experienced it? This is Sammy from Virginia Beach. All right, go ahead, Chris. I'm going to let you answer. I think Snickers came out with the word, you know, might just be a little hangry. That's it. You know, you're hungry. <laughs> I don't know how long you've been fasting, but if you're your first couple of weeks, anybody that's hungry, you know, you get a little agitated a little quicker. You know, that's everybody. You get a little more emotional. Whether you get mad, sad, happy, everybody becomes a little more emotional. So maybe you're not used to going that long without eating, and, you know, you're thinking about it. But I think it'll, it'll subside, or maybe your husband just pissing you off a lot. I don't know. Yeah, and I think that, you know, like me, I used to, it didn't matter if I was sad, I ate. If I was happy, I ate. If I was, it didn't, I, any occasion that I could eat, I would yeah. eat. And so, you know, a lot of us become overweight because we're just really like dulling our emotions because every time we're sad or stressed or anything mechanism. like that, it's, yeah. like it's a coping mechanism. People yes. use cigarettes or, or, you know, there's a whole bunch of other behaviors, but we using food and we're taking that coping mechanism if you took Newport you know if you took the cigarettes out of a smoker's hand when they're going through something they'd be going crazy yeah you know, that's, their, that's what that's their go-to when they're you know having a tough day or stressed out or something like that so yes. it's the same thing we're doing with food here so of course it's going to take you a few weeks it's I don't know how long you've been doing the fasting but it's going to take a while probably just to adjust to it yeah and when you're fasting you miss out on like that coping mechanism that you've had for so long and so our emotions are a little bit more at the surface and so I think that just embrace it like it's okay like it is what it is at least you'll be skinny yeah you don't have to like you don't have to like it <laughs> but just single, give it a little time <laughs> I will tell you my husband told me the other day he said I will tell you I think you're getting too skinny he said, I'd like for you to gain 10 pounds. Good problem. But if you need help with that, <laughs> I would just coach you all around Virginia Beach and help you with that. I am not gaining 10 pounds. He says, I'm, he says he likes a little bit more meat on his women is what he says. I said, well, there it only better be meat on my, one woman. That, that's me. And I'm not gaining 10 pounds. So you're going to have to deal with it. I like it. OK. So let's go ahead. And Chris, you want to read the next question? Yep, uh, got from Wanda in Virginia Beach. Chantel, I just finished your book. One of the parts Thank that you very stood much. out to me was <laughs> the most 
stood out to me the most was when you talked about triggers. I can definitely relate to this. I know that a big trigger for me is a stressful day at work. I can't wait to go home and eat. In the book, Chantel talks about a trigger when she spends time with her mom. I was wondering if there are any other triggers that you and Chris deal with and how do you overcome them? So I'm going to give you an example. My son, every single night, he says to me, we have a favorite show. We love Good Luck Charlie. And then there's another show that he loves, but I don't like to watch it because it has some cursing in it, but it bleeps it out, but you can still kind of hear it. It's called Impractical Jokers. Have you ever seen yes. that show? Yes. Oh my gosh. So he loves it, but I don't really like him to watch it. But anyway, it's like our thing that we do. We just And so every night he goes, hey mom, let's get a movie snack. And so now I've had to say to him, you know, we just ate dinner a little while ago. Are you really hungry? Because it's just, I mean, literally, it's like clockwork. He says, let's get a movie snack. Let's get a movie snack. And I don't want to train him that every time we do that, now it's time for a movie snack. So I say to him, and he knows the hunger scale that I talk about in my book. And so if you read my book, you'll see that there's hamster hungry. There's a zero, one, two, three, four, five scale. And so I say, are you a one? Are you a two? Where are you? And he knows it. He knows what it is. Um, And so another thing is like when I went home, when I used to come home from school, when I was younger, I, I used to have like a lunch at like 11 o'clock was our lunchtime. Right. Yeah. So then at three o'clock, I'd come home and I was ravenous. So I would eat every time. So I notice now for me at three o'clock, I always want something to eat. That's like a trigger that I've had to kind of change those habits. So I'll tell you how I've dealt with them, but I'd like to hear what your triggers are. Do you guys have any triggers or do you feel like Jeannie's so thin? I mean, if you just look at Jeannie's body here, it's just like absolute perfection. So she probably doesn't have any, but, (laughs) (laughs) but go ahead and tell us, do you have any triggers at all like that? Or would you You know, that's a good question. I, um, no, I don't, but I don't think I've ever used food as an emotional coping mechanism. Ding, 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 ding. That is so good. So like, this is why I love to bring people like this on the show because they never ever use food for any other reason than eating. Never. So, um, you know, the other day I was watching this lady eat sushi and she was very thin and she got six rolls just six mini pieces. She ate four and put sent two back. And I just watched her. She did like every principle in my book. It was so awesome. You're like, did you read my book? I know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so tell us about like how you feel about food. Like do you only I love eat, it. but, but I you only it. eat it when you're physically hungry, correct? Yeah, I would say for the most part. Like it's my, it's my hunger that cues me to eat. But I have regular eating times, too. But if you're not hungry... It's like a stressful day. You don't go home and, like, you don't stop at the supermarket and, like, I need a piece of my favorite cake or something like that. Nothing like that. That's that's the secret, is that What about the snow days? We were snowed in a couple weeks ago. We're outside in the snow. Oh, were you? (laughs) That's the the secret of... of But I think think a lot of it is, like, enjoying food for what it does for us, nourishing us. And and I really enjoy cooking. So, you know, a trigger for me, if I'm I'm stressed, I will get into the kitchen and I'll start cooking. That doesn't mean that I'm eating everything. So let me give you an example. So when I was 17 years old... I actually was with a friend and she decided, she was like, we saw this dress at Nordstrom's that was really expensive and it didn't have a tag on it. She's like, let's steal it. 
So she, she we steal the dress and put it in her purse. The Chanteau Rayway. <laughs> I was seventeen. Hello. Um, but anyway, so anyway, since then. I have truly never stolen anything. Like to the point where like if I took your pen, I would call you and say, you, you know what I mean? I I feel yeah. bad I took your pen. But I made a decision at that point when I was 17, this is not this is not who I want to be and I'm not going to steal again, right? So now I've come to the the conclusion that see with stealing, I believe stealing's a sin. But I also believe overeating is a sin. And where you get to this aha moment is where you go, it's not even possible. It's like that stealing. There's there's no way you could ever find me stealing anything at this point in my life because I made that decision when I was 17. I'm never doing it again. Now I finally made another decision. You are not going to see me overeat. Overeating, the Bible says, put a knife to your throat if you're given into gluttony. It is a sin. And we joke about it and we laugh about it. But see, if I, if I was here and I stole, let's say, his Apple Watch, no one would be laughing about it, right? Right. But if we all sat here and, and there was a big bowl of brownies and if somebody was overeating, what would we do? We'd laugh about it because it's like it's almost like an acceptable, permissible sin, even though the Bible says put a knife to your throat if you're given into gluttony, which is a big deal. So... We really shouldn't be joking about it. Well, I, I think it. it is. It's just what, like what you said. It's. I think that's when everything starts to shift. Is when somebody it's just decides. Coping, yeah, it's just finding mm-hmm. better. I think coping things. So right. when you're Make stressed, kind of what, do, what do you do when you're I stressed? Cook or move. Mm-hmm. Cook or move. Mm-hmm. Like or just meditate. go for a walk yeah. or mm-hmm. yeah. meditate. Good. Roll around on the ground. I don't, anything. So you cook. Hold Go on. Down. So you cook, but you don't eat the food. No, no, I eat. You're I eat the food, but I'm McDonald's saying though. if I'm cooking, it's not like I'm cooking and eating everything all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, right, right. but the act of cooking, like that's for me, it deepens my appreciation for food. And if I love it more than, I don't know, it just. For me, taking more. a hot bath or a hot shower nice is like unbelievable. Like that really de-stresses me. Taking sure. a walk really de-stresses me. What else de-stresses you besides um, food, not food? Not food, not alcohol, right? Um, <laughs> anything outside? I don't know if I could just get outside somewhere. Uh, whether taking a ride somewhere, going to a store, going shopping, or anything like that, or something like that, or being around some friends that are usually do the trick for me. All right, let's talk about the next question. Why don't you read it, Jeannie? Um, Andrew in Maryland. We've got Andrew in Maryland asks, I hear a lot of people talk about tracking their macros lately. My first question is, what are macros? And second, should I be counting them? Chris, I'm going to let you start with that one. Well, macros, I mean, uh, your, your major ones are your fat, protein, and carbs. That's pretty much the ones you hear a lot of people base their diets around, whether you're doing the keto or, you know, carb, uh, carb cycling, things like that. So it's basically just how much fat you're taking in per day, how much protein you're taking in per day, how much carbs you're taking in per day, and you just break it down to a pie chart. You take them three things, and you're like, I'm eating 50% fat, 40% protein, and 10% with carbs or whatever, whatever it is that you're eating. As far as should you be counting them, that's based on your goals. So we, we got the intermittent fasting. We know we try to take that. We try to simplify the whole helping you lose weight, helping you stay in shape process with the food. Uh, if some reason you say you've been intermittent fasting for four, five, six months and you've lost three pounds, then 
if you're not getting results, then you might want to take a look at them. Now, I don't think you need to count it every day. I tell when people, I do tell people to count them. I tell them people to count them Monday, Thursday, and Saturday if they do count them. And I read that in an article years and years ago because they say basically everybody eats in cycles. Like you'll pretty much eat the same things the first of the week. You pretty much eat the same things the end of the week, and you pretty much eat around the same things on the weekend. So if you're not getting results, if you're fasting, you're not getting results, and it's been months, not just two weeks, but it's been months, then you might want to see. Uh, count and your it's macros. really about, like, let me ask you this. I bet you don't count your macros I of what you're I eating. Don't. I mean, every I do thin if I, person. If I want to dial it in or if I'm just curious about where I am, but no, for the most part, I don't make that a habit. Yeah. I mean, any naturally thin person that I've seen, they're not counting their macros. Now, I agree with Chris that. If like you just kind of want to see like you know what's going on here, how much protein? I will tell you, the more protein I eat, the more satiated I am. Um, so I do try to have protein with every meal, and I probably have at least forty to fifty percent of my plate is is protein, um, as much as I can. Sometimes it's not, but how do you how do you look at protein? Um, about the same way. I mean, I'm I'm lo- usually looking at if I'm looking at my plate, it's it's mostly vegetables. It's half. It's a half plate of vegetables, and then, you know, a quarter of protein and a quarter something else, some starch mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think about it so much. Yeah, that's it's, the thing. I think you can't it becomes. Think about it. I think counting macros is important. Again, it's like creating awareness. You become better educated about what food's doing for you and what your body needs, and then over time, the behaviors just become automatic. Hey guys, we're so glad that you joined us today. We are out of time. So we're going to have to answer those last few questions next time that you're with us. We'll hear from you next week. And don't forget, if you've got a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantelRayWay.com.